0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla. Very glad to be with you today on a very nice, cool, wintry day in northern Nevada. When the snow is flying and people are talking about skiing, that's the time of the year that I start getting ready to do my beekeeping work. Yeah, believe it or not, winter is a great time to get ready for beekeeping because there's a lot of prep that goes into... Uh, the planning and setup of a beehive and your bee colonies, and that 's all got to be ready pretty much by the end of march and Here we are in the winter we 've got a few months to go today. we have the expert from the beekeeping world joining us, Debbie Gilmore. Debbie is the president of the Nevada state beekeepers conference we 're going to talk about beekeeping and also the big conference coming up in february. great event you 're going to hear some details on that. Joining her in the studio with us is Amanda Burton and Amanda is the publisher and editor of edible Reno Tahoe. It's the most delicious magazine in Northern Nevada. Love that paper, delicious. Anyway, we're gonna talk about that magazine, what's in there, and the world of honey, plus an update on the latest stats from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors on the home price values after this. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information,
1: education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com.
0: Hello, everybody. Glad you're with us today on Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is my favorite wink of the year you know, that week between Christmas and New Year. Let's face it. You can get away with a lot at this time of the year. You've heard it. People say, oh, I was so busy. You know, the family was over. Mom and dad, you know, they, they told me I needed to do this. So I'm, I have to take another couple of days, etc. I had one guy call me and say, hey, I was with my grandma and she was feeling so good visiting. She decided to stay a few more days. And so I want to postpone my meeting for a few more days. And I'm thinking, Hey, grandma takes priority. I respect that. Good things are happening, you know, when you're thinking in a positive way. And as we end the year, I just like to talk about thinking in a positive way and all of the good things that can happen if you do think in that very way. You know, look forward instead of backwards and think about if you're going to change in anything, change it for the better. And and it's going to happen in the future, it's not going to happen in the past. So today, What I'd like to talk about is, I'd like to talk about uh, focus as you're going into the end of the year. I know if you want to be a homeowner, whether it's as an investor or in primary residence, you need to really know what your focus is, just like with anything else that you're going to do. So one of those things that you have to focus about is you have to get into the mindset of being a homeowner. I've talked to a number of renters in my past who want to become homeowners, and I had the chance for whatever reason to drive by their home or even go visit them at their home as renters, right? Because I know in the lending industry, you interact with a lot of people. It was funny. When I would visit with people who wanted to become homeowners that were renting, I would find that there were two kinds of people, two classes of people. Those people were one the people that didn't care about where they lived and it showed accordingly and those people that their rental home was just as nice as many people's homes that actually own their homes. So I think the people that treat their rental home in the same mindset as they would treat the home that they would own or want to own are in a much better position to think of home ownership as a positive thing. So if you're thinking about becoming a homeowner and you can't figure out why you can't become a homeowner, I mean look around. Maybe you live like a pig. (laughs) If you live like a pig, you're not living like a good homeowner. Uh, But so maybe you you just have to change your standard of living to that of which would be a homeowner. In order to become a homeowner, you have to not only save money for the down payment and for the closing costs and all the things associated with purchasing a home, but any problems that come up with that home, any little things that need fixing, you're going to do them yourself. And you cannot do that if you're living paycheck to paycheck and you are barely able to take care of your housing needs and your fast food needs or however you take care of your groceries. You know, If you're not in a position where you can do that, um, then you're probably not going to be a homeowner. But uh, you'd be surprised what you can do if you focus. You can change your lifestyle just a little bit and maybe start saving a little bit of money. And what you're doing then is you're doing the same thing that a homeowner does. You always have to have a little extra cash in case the hot water heater goes out or a window breaks or the furnace doesn't click on or whatever the deal is, right? You've got to be able to get some cash pretty quick. And that means you've got to have some money saved. So if you're a renter and you can't figure out why you can't save money, well, think about maybe cutting back on the way that you live or altering the way that you live so that your expenses can go down just a little bit. Take that money and save it, and you're doing two things. You're training yourself to always have a little bit of reserve in case an emergency comes up like that future hot water heater you're going to own when you become a homeowner. And since you're not a homeowner yet. money you'll actually will be saving it and you'll get into the habit of saving just a little bit of money so that little by little you'll also be saving maybe the money that you need to close on a real estate transaction getting a mortgage sounds easy when you go on television or radio or the websites and you see these instant mortgages trust me it's a lot more challenging than that you're gonna find out what it really takes once you get started if you have any questions on becoming a homeowner at any aspect, we'd like to give you some of our generous advice from our industry experts. Give us a call, 775-786-5515, and we'll look forward to helping you purchase that next primary residence or investment property. This is Peter from Nevada Real Estate Radio. Later, we have Debbie Gilmore from the Nevada Beekeepers Association, Amanda Burden. She's the publisher and editor of Edible Rio. Reno Tahoe Magazine, Yum Yum. And a special guest call in from a celebrity on the east side, and I'm not talking Karnak. You'll find out who that is after this.
2: Nevada State Beekeepers Conference is coming February 22nd through 24th in Urington, Nevada, the hub of Lyon County. Learn about products from beehives used in health and beauty. Take part in the hive decorating contest and honey tasting contest. Want to become a beekeeper? Attend the workshop rotation to learn everything you'll need to get started. The 2019 Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, February 22nd through 24th, perfect for beginners or advanced beekeepers. Register at nevadastatebeekeepers.org. That's nevadastatebeekeepers.org. It's so sweet.
0: And we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. It's a good day to tune into our show today. You're listening to 1180 AM Radio right here in northern Nevada, one of the Lotus broadcast stations. Today on Nevada Real Estate Radio, we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, beekeeping and honey eating. Not necessarily in that order. With me in the studio, Debbie Gilmore. She's the president of... Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. Welcome to our show, Debbie.
3: Thanks, Peter. It's good to be here.
0: It's good to have you back Thank on you. our show. I know you're, you're not in the real estate world, but uh, you have a lot of uh, investment property, I would call it. Because I've seen all those little tiny homes on your property (laughs) that you sublease to these families of thousands and thousands of honeybees. You have a wonderful bee yard yard out there.
3: Thank you. Yes.
0: Hall's Honey has been around for a long time.
3: Hall's Honey. It was 100 years ago this year that my great-grandfather moved into the Mason Valley area, and he was a beekeeper as well. Well, I'm honored to have
0: you here on your centennial year.
3: Thank you. Yeah.
0: Very good. Uh, the honey world is a sweet world, and I'm telling <laughs> you, it's sweet, sweet in so many ways. The, Well, the end product, of course, but the people that I've interacted with since I've become a beekeeper myself, Debbie, and the new acquaintances that I've made and, you know, just the relaxing feeling I get when I'm talking about the world of bees, I think it's really helped me maintain my sanity. Oh, I mean, there's, yes.
3: Right? I I hear that all the time, Peter, about... Mm. You know, people checking on their bees and getting ready for their new bees and all mm-hmm. of that is just relaxing. It kind of takes you away from all the problems of the world. Yeah. And,
0: and you yeah. know, I think a lot of us, and I'm guilty of this, uh, you know, sometimes I, I just think about myself, right? Oh, I'm cold. I'm hungry. I want this. I need that. Kind of a selfish world when you're a survivalist like I am. Mm-hmm. When I'm taking care of my bees, though, I'm really taking care of them. I'm not thinking much about... Am I going to be comfortable with this new frame, or am I? It's, I'm thinking about these other lives out there. It's really a wonderful thing.
3: And I also think, when you get into a beehive, you think about the socialism that's going, or the the social interaction that's going on inside that beehive. Yeah. You know, it takes a whole colony to to survive Mm -hmm. and to bring in the food and to raise their babies and all of that. and It's pretty amazing how they all work together and all have different jobs Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. make it work.
0: It's real estate. I'm telling you, these bees (laughs) need their own real estate, and I'm glad that you're in the real estate world that way. They
3: do. They need a dry home to live in.
0: You do it. I've got Mm -hmm. a lot to talk to you about today. The conference is coming up. Uh, Beekeeping tips for the people like myself that are that are you know, just new into it, that um, are running into the corner for the new year, and foods and the benefits and the uses of honey. Uh, we have another great guest in the studio today, Debbie. Her name is Amanda Burden from Edible Reno Tahoe Magazine. Hi, Amanda.
1: Hi, thanks for having me today.
0: I'm glad to have you here. I love your magazine, first of all. I've read it for years. It's, uh, it's been our employee lounge since I started here at this office four years ago what a great success you have.
1: Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. We started 10 years ago, and uh, it's really been a whirlwind, I have to say. We started with four issues a year, and then we went to six issues a year. Mm-hmm. And we covered the local food and drink movement, so mm-hmm. that people say, oh, you have a food magazine. You're just writing reviews of restaurants, and really we don't do that at all. We're covering local farming, ranching, food artisans, mm-hmm. beekeeping, mm-hmm. really the whole gamut, and and distillers and brewers and um, do, DIY, make your own sodas, and yeah. really the whole world of food and drink.
0: Oh, that's so, that's so exciting and fascinating. You know, I'm, an, I'm a child of the 60s, and in those days it was all very exciting because these new TV dinners had come out, <laughs> and space food sticks, and Tang, and all this <laughs> stuff that you could make up like a chemist, right? And that's what it was, it was a chemistry, and that was the big wave and the fad of the young generation then. It's so nice that it's come back to the natural that we were really getting away from at that time.
1: It's so important because of the high rates of diabetes, Mm -hmm. obesity, and other health concerns. I think it's important that we spread the gospel, frankly, of eating right and knowing where your food comes from. So uh, that's what we're all about here. We have a mission with the magazine to try and curb those high rates of all the, the health concerns and connect people to those local sources of yeah. food.
0: Yeah. I'm mean, at one guest that was uh, scheduled to be with us today, but he's Educator of the Year for the you know, Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. His name is Dan Ryder. I don't know whether you know Dan Ryder, but he and his lovely wife, Valerie, in addition to being in the real estate world, they own a business called Heirloom Gardens. And everything organic, everything is just pristine and natural. And I love these people because they, well, you know, Debbie, I Dan do. introduced me to becoming a beekeeper. Yes, he did. And at any rate, what he has really opened my eyes to is that we can do so much of this ourselves in our own backyard. So, for instance, this year, my lovely fiance, Sherry, decided she would try growing Uh, cold weather produce and so we are still enjoying spinach from our garden in December. Isn't that amazing? And what a difference. It's like a whole new vegetable.
1: (laughs) I love that and you know it's really about grow your own. You know you can grow your own and you Mm -hmm. can grow it year-round here. As Mm -hmm. you said with the low tunnels there's different ways. You can grow inside, grow your herbs inside on the windowsill. You can do container gardening. There's really a lot of ways to do it and it's, it's your own organic, healthy, natural food, and it's not that expensive. You don't have to buy it at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. It's right there in your own backyard.
0: And you know, Amanda and Debbie, a lot of us, let's face it, we're all looking to be entertained, right? We all want to be you know, in a, in a world where we're in amusement and where we love everything. And so we're constantly looking for this uh, entertainment. And a lot of times, it's really not there. It's artificial. When you begin into gardening or cooking or living a healthier lifestyle, it really is uh, a great way to give yourself pleasure and at the same time do something good for the rest of the world. So with beekeeping, Debbie, I know my bees are not staying in my yard. No, they I are want not. them on my plants only, but I can't stop them from going over those fences. That's right. So That's what are right. they doing out there? Are they doing any good for anybody else?
3: Absolutely, because a bee will fly. Between two to five miles from their beehive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they are pollinating gardens and flowers, you know, within a two-mile radius at the minimum around your house. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're doing your neighbors a great, great service by helping pollinate their gardens. Absolutely.
0: And Mm -hmm. when I make baklava and (laughs) I cook baklava in my kitchen and that smell goes all around Mm -hmm. and over the fences, Mm -hmm. I'm at least letting my neighbors know that I... There's a good smell out there, right?
3: And it's a good <laughs> good neighbor relations to share a little jar of honey, too. That's right. There's <laughs> a social aspect of
0: honey. Yes, very true. Before we go to this break coming up, I want to make sure that if anybody needs to tune out of the show because they're driving or there's only so much time that they get the really big news of this show. We're going to repeat it later. But the big news is the upcoming Nevada State Beekeepers Conference in February of 2019. Debbie, would you tell us about that?
3: It is our ninth annual Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. It's going to be held on February 22nd through the 24th. We're excited about our lineup of people. We have them coming from Maryland, Michigan, Oregon, top bee nutritionists and researchers. And oh, yeah. We're really excited. We're doing a hands-on workshop on Friday morning. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited about all the good things that are going to be happening. Oh,
0: yeah. You know, this is going to be, I think, my fifth year, fourth or fifth year. And it's always such an enjoyable getaway from Reno to go to Yarrington and to really get into this, immerse yourself in the world of bees. And it's country living there, too. It's on Main Street. Uh, It's a very quaint town. The event is always awesome, Debbie. I love the hive decorating contest that's coming up yes because i'm a big hive decorator and there are many yeah <laughs> and then um the honey tasting of course
3: honey tasting I, contest oh, too. oh my gosh
0: you know what last year you had as i think you have some regulars that come in from washington state we do and that lovely family gave me a pound of their honey to sample to take home and i can't wait to see them again because i absolutely love that it had it just has a different right everywhere you go and you try the honey, it's a little different. Mm-hmm. It's got a unique flavor. And it was just such a nice and lovely gift from them, and it was so good. I'm anxious to see them. We also
3: have a family that comes every year from Northern California, and they live in a, in a valley there that has star thistle. It's oh, a yes. very invasive weed.
0: Star thistle honey is what the word is. Star thistle honey, Heard and of it. it's uh-huh.
3: like the best honey they gave us their first bottle of honey, uh-huh. and that was probably four to five years ago. Yeah. And it has just now started to crystallize on the bottom. Mm. So it, it has a longer shelf life without mm. crystallization than yeah. your typical honey.
0: Oh, and as you, you've said before, you can uh, turn it from crystallized honey back to liquid oh, honey, really easily. easy. So uh, honey just doesn't go bad. It oh, does I not. can't wait for this year's Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. It's coming up. February 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. I'm very excited about the lineup of guests that you have and the workshops. A little bit later on the show, we're going to have a conversation with one of our invited guests, one of your invited guests to the conference, Samuel Ramsey, who will be joining us via telephone and more conversation with Amanda Burden, publisher and editor of Edible Reno Tahoe Magazine after this. RENO TECHNOLOGY ACADEMY. SCHOLARSHIPS ARE AVAILABLE FOR YOUR CAREER IN CYBERSECURITY. IMPROVING YOUR TECHNICAL SKILLS CAN HELP YOU ATTAIN AN INCOME OF UP TO 90,000. REGISTER FOR YOUR SCHOLARSHIP ONLINE OR CALL 849 RENO TECHNOLOGY ACADEMY. Reno Technology Academy. Scholarships are available for your career in the Internet of Things. Improving your technical skills can help you attain an income of up to 80000 Register online or 849-4983. Reno Technology Academy. Hey, we're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Even though it's cold outside, even though the winter is here, people are still looking to buy or sell real estate in northern Nevada, especially If you're looking to downsize, you know, it's tough to downsize from a big, big house into something that's more livable now that maybe the kids have gone. And you might not get nearly as much house, and the money might be pretty close to the same as the old house that you've lived in for years and years. What do you do? Well, you better talk to an expert, a relocation expert. That's why I recommend Dan Ryder. He is the broker and owner of Nevada Home Connections. He's a realtor extraordinaire. He even is an educator of realtors. In fact, he's the Educator of the Year from the Reno Sparks Association of Realtors. So you know when you're talking with Dan Ryder, this man knows his business. Give him a call if you have any questions about buying or selling real estate in northern Nevada. 775-742-3376 or visit nvhomeconnections.com and tell him Peter sent you. With me in the studio, Amanda Burden. Amanda is the publisher and editor of Edible Reno Tahoe magazine. Amanda, I'm glad you're with us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Every time I read your magazine, I get hungry.
1: <laughs> That's the idea.
0: Yeah, I think that you know you need a gym membership in there too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Also with us today, Debbie Gilmore. Debbie is the president of the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, and we've got good things to talk about with the conference, Debbie.
3: Yes, it's exciting. It's coming up soon.
0: It's very exciting. In fact, as we were going into the break, we were talking about some of the things that are going on there. We also talked about the headliner conference. (laughs) Samuel Ramsey is with us via telephone. Hi, Samuel.
2: (laughs) Hi there. It's really great to be here.
0: Hey, it's great to be here, too. In fact, you know, when I first looked for you on uh, on social media a few months back, Dr. Bugs came up. And then I thought, (laughs) you know, there's a guy that looks just like Samuel. He's got some kind of education just like Samuel. He he even sounds like Samuel. Doctor Bugs, well, tell me about Doctor Bugs.
2: Well, uh, Doctor Bugs is my online alter ego, and certainly one that I wish that I had uh, a lot more time to invest in because it gives me the opportunity to explain scientific concepts, specifically um, science, uh, focusing on entomology. So insects are my first love in the world of science and I get the chance to convey that to people in ways that they typically aren't used to. So it's sort of a Bill Nye the Science Guy kind of format where I talk about different kinds of insects and why they're important and different things that they do. But unfortunately, uh, time has not really allowed me to do as many of these videos as I would like to. So I'm trying to figure out how to carve things up so I can do more of that.
0: Well, the digital generation is working on a clone factor that I'm sure we'll be talking about (laughs) at some point down the road. But you do some incredible stuff there. Samuel, I love Dr. Bugs. I love watching the kids as they are watching Dr. Bugs and listening to what Dr. Bugs has to say because I'm fascinated by children. And I love the fact that you're helping the young people of the world learn about something so important, which is my love, honeybees. And Debbie, that's why he's coming to the conference, right?
3: Yes. This yeah. is your third year, right, Samuel?
2: Yep, this will be my third year, and I look forward to it every
0: year.
3: Oh, and we love having him. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. And, you know, I think Samuel is the right person to have there when we're talking about something like the Varroa destructor, because it's kind of scary. And, and mm-hmm. Samuel, you're a good person to walk people through the Varroa destructor because it is one of the scary parts about being a beekeeper. We all have to defend the bees from this Varroa destructor and other things. But you also talk about the the wonderfulness and the... The, the life, the, the social life of the bees, uh, it really makes me think about my own personal life. I mean, it's kind of strange, but is it, is it me? Am I really strange? Or do other people think like that, that there's that social thing that makes them think about their own social world?
2: Oh, no, I, I, I don't think you're strange at all. Uh, it's certainly one of the more fascinating aspects of honeybees is the depth of social connection that you see on a regular basis with them. And the more that you see it, the more that it reminds you that they're not quite so different from people. There are a lot of similarities in the fact that they communicate with each other, uh, all the different things that they feel necessary to convey on a regular basis to the entire population. Uh, The fact that one bee really can't survive on its own uh, parallels the fact that we as human beings exist in community because we need each other for different things. Uh, You can't have a society with just a bunch of plumbers. (laughs) You need plumbers and dentists and doctors and lawyers and, and, and everyone else. And it's really cool that these bees have a bunch of different jobs that they use to all connect with each other. And if there aren't enough uh, lawyers, they will communicate that up the line and people will change jobs and get it back down. It's, it's remarkable how it all works.
0: It is. And, and <laughs> the speed factor is what's remarkable to me that yeah. uh, they do that all so quickly on our scale of time. Uh, it's it's unimaginable that somebody could change careers in a matter of a couple of days and then become yep. something totally new and do it all really perfectly in their own world. Um, it's yep. it's amazing how nature works. Um, then there's Absolutely. the social aspects of the people. Right. When I go to the bee conference, I get to meet a lot of great people. And Samuel, you're one of hmm. the one of the best people that I've ever met. At uh, Nevada oh State Beekeepers Conference last year, your mother was there. I got to meet mom, and it was like, holy cats! I am in love with the bee world. Uh, tell us why. Tell us a little bit about why you love the beekeeping world and the entomology world where you where you reside.
2: Absolutely. So um, I and I, <laughs> I actually talk about this in a, a a TED talk that I was able to do, but. Uh, I did not start out enjoying insects by any means. I was terrified of them. I thought they were the worst things on the planet. Um, And that was when I was a little kid. And my parents, they kept telling me that people fear what they don't understand. And this phobia of insects that I had that was Mm. keeping me from, you know, even wanting to go outside and and play with friends was something that I could fix if I spent some time learning about them. So they took me to the library as a seven-year-old, got me a library card. Uh, and I spent a, an entire summer just constantly reading about insects, and I fell in love. Um, I mm. was telling people from then on two things. I want to be an entomologist when I grow up, and insects are the most fascinating creatures you have ever stepped on. Mm. And that's, <laughs> it's kind of become my mantra as I go forward. Insects are absolutely fascinating organisms for so many reasons. Many of the ones that you just stated, that there are so many parallels to human beings multiple corollaries, and they're so small. Tiny little brains, uh, there's just so much amazing stuff that's packed into such a tiny package. They can do things that rival and parallel what we are capable of doing, and sometimes things that are greater than feats that any human being has ever been able to accomplish. Um, So I'm fascinated by insects, and when it comes to bees, uh, I'm even more fascinated because uh, within entomology, my area of specialization is symbiosis. So it's close connections between organisms. That can be parasitism, uh, where one organism is benefiting at the expense of another organism. That can be mutualism, where both organisms are benefiting, or something called commensalism, uh, where one organism is benefiting and the other one isn't being harmed but isn't benefiting either. And honeybees seem to have just this ridiculous amount of symbioses in their colonies, from the the parasites that are in there, from their interactions with flowers and other plants that they're collecting— resins and things from, uh, all of these connections that are so uh, impossible to separate from the bees, uh, the level of depth involved with all of it, it just leaves me consistently fascinated.
0: Every day is a new adventure in the beekeeping world, isn't it, Samuel?
2: Amen. Every time I open a colony, it's a new adventure.
0: We have two lovely ladies in the studio with us as well. Debbie Gilmore is with us. She's the president of Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. Also, Amanda Burton, she's the publisher and editor of Edible Reno Tahoe magazines. Ladies, do you have any questions for our entomologist, beekeeping expert,
3: Sammy? Could you touch on a little bit of what your new research is about?
0: Yes,
2: I can. I would love to. <laughs> um, so, my, uh, my I have two research projects uh, that I am focusing on right now. One uh, will really take focus more during the summer of next year, and that is my project where I am looking at uh, a parasite of honeybees that is not in the U.S. yet, but is spreading around the world. Uh, I'm looking at this organism as an emerging disease. The ways that it interacts with bees are so devastating that it should be considered a disease in its own right. Uh, This organism is called the tropolalaps mite. Um, Sorry that the name is so odd and difficult to pronounce. I had nothing to do with the naming, Um, but... It was originally a parasite, the giant honeybees uh, in Southeast Asia, and recently made a host switch to the smaller Apis mellifera bees that we know and love uh, as the the Western honeybee. So they're now finding their way through uh, into the Middle East. Uh, They've found their way into a lot of other areas of Asia as they weren't in before, uh, and there are a lot of concerns that uh, since uh, it wasn't long after Varroa found its way into the Middle East, our current honeybee parasite... Uh, It wasn't long after it found its way into the Middle East that it also ended up in the United States. We're very worried about propolis in the United States soon. And so I want to make sure that we actually know things about this organism's biology rather than having to infer or guess. And so there are several questions that need to be answered. I've kind of focused things onto four primary questions. Um, I really want to know what sorts of chemicals uh, can be used or, or, uh, not, not just chemicals, So, what sort of remediation methods, how can we impact populations of this parasite? So whether that's chemical means or non-chemical means, what can we do about it when it arrives, which will be really important for us reducing its populations. I'm also wondering uh, about how this organism feeds. We're just finding out that Varroa, uh, the parasite that's killing our honeybees in the U.S., we're just finding out now that it doesn't feed on the bee's blood, but it's actually feeding on uh, their liver. And I want to know if that is the case with the last night. What exactly is it eating? We don't know. When it attaches itself to bees, we're not sure what, uh, what tissue it's consuming. Uh, I also want to find a way to raise this organism in the lab off host so that we can determine a lot more features about its biology. Uh, and finally, I want to find out how it spreads between colonies, because if we can mitigate its spread between colonies, we can slow uh, its movement or potentially even stop it from uh, getting to new areas. So that's what I will be working on uh, come next year, and I'm already laying the groundwork for that, um, for that work to be conducted. Uh, but right now, I'm figuring out how to utilize uh, exactly the discovery that I was just telling you about, finding out that Varroa um, is actually feeding on the bees' blo- uh, uh, liver rather than their blood. How can we use this to either modify systems that we currently have in place to control this parasite, or create a new one altogether. So I'm looking at ways that we can weaponize that discovery against the mite. We thought it was feeding on one thing. Now that we know what it's feeding on, is there a way that we can disrupt the ability to acquire nutrients from that tissue so that the mites can't use it uh, to develop?
0: Sammy, I'm glad you're doing that kind of work. It's so important to our world, our universe, our Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. You're like the James Bond of the beekeeping world, traveling yeah. the world. In fact, <laughs> keeping us safe. You were in Thailand not long ago. I know, doing yeah. some work there yeah. again related to the beekeeping yeah. world. Uh, so I'm glad oh, that yeah. you, I'm glad that you do that because uh, without that, we may not be able to enjoy what we do here as beekeepers. And one of the things we enjoy as beekeepers is the end result, and that's why we have Amanda Burden with us from Edible. Tahoe Reno Magazine. Amanda, do you have any questions for Sammy yourself?
1: I, you know, coming from owning a food magazine, local food magazine, I'm really fascinated about pollination and how hmm. the bees play a part in that. I know that they aren't the only ones pollinating. Maybe there's bats, there's other things that are pollinating, but I'm yep. interested in that aspect. You know, how important is the bee to our food system? Do we really, some people say that we can't have food without the bees. Is that really true?
2: <laughs> so uh, I would like to kind of, uh, <laughs> there, there are a lot of things that are said about the bees' connection, uh, connections to human beings that seem really dramatic and like they could not possibly <laughs> be true. Uh, and those things are actually true. Uh, the bees are essential to the ways that we develop and produce food. However, uh, there are foods that are produced without bees. There are entire cultures that have existed on these foods uh, throughout history. Uh, while we would lose, um, so, so there, there's a statistic that one-third of every bite of food that reaches your mouth, the bees are responsible for it. Uh, and there's another third uh, of our food that they're indirectly responsible for. So even though they're not pollinating that food directly, um, they're pollinating the food that we feed to the cattle and then we eat that cattle. And so that's a subs- substantial portion of our diet that would not exist without the bees or else we would not be able to grow it in nearly the amount that we're able to produce now. Um, Right now honeybees are about six, uh, they provide um, the United States with about $16 billion in revenue every year. That's how much they are worth to our economy. They are the third most lucrative uh, livestock in the U.S., uh, just under cows and pigs. Uh, And it's, it's not about the honey or the wax, those are not the primary contributions to our economy. It's the fact that that bee uh, flies to a flower and it exhibits this interesting um, this interesting behavior called flower fidelity, where it will visit that flower and it will only visit flowers uh, within that species until it returns to the colony. And that makes sure that the pollen that's moving from one flower to the next isn't wasted. Because if you take pollen to a flower that's from a different species, it can't utilize that pollen. Uh, so There are a lot of other pollinators that don't really have that concern. They'll fly from flower to flower to flower, and it doesn't matter to them. The bees are so efficient in what they do, Uh, and especially if you have a colony that's 60,000 or more bees, uh, there's a lot of pollination that occurs uh, around that that colony itself. Now, if we lost the bees, there's this statement that's gone around many times. It it seems to make its rounds on the internet every couple of years again and again, uh, that if the bees died, human beings would die within uh, a year, sometimes they say a month or even weeks. Uh, and that is not even remotely true. Um, the statement is attributed to Einstein, incorrectly. Um, the gentleman who said it, his last name was Einstein. So people have just said, oh yeah, Einstein said this. <laughs> Never
0: Einstein, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but it's not correct. Uh, if we, we know that entire cultures have existed in Asia uh, with rice being their primary source of food, and rice uh, is not pollinated by bees. Uh, there are um, other foods like corn that whole societies have existed on, uh, which is when pollinated uh, and does not need the bees for that. However, we would lose a substantial portion of the diversity in our diet, which would lead to a number of health issues, because pretty much every uh, fruit and vegetable that we consume on a regular basis, uh, also including the nuts and the spices that we grow, uh, are pollinated by bees. Um, and it would cause a global food shortage in the entire world uh, if Samuel, the honeybee populations died out.
0: Samuel, it would cause a hardship <laughs> at my household if we didn't have honeybees because there'd be no more baklava. And my baklava yes, factory requires a lot of honey uh okay. man there's okay. so some... there well
2: there would be there uh, we would immediately lose our avocados and <laughs> yep. so you know that the millennials would not be able to deal with that oh, where would we <laughs> be
0: without guacamole you know i mean come avocado,
1: on. Toast. avocado toast yeah there you go <laughs>
0: exactly exactly mm-hmm. we've enjoyed chatting with you today samuel ramsey and i know our listeners are going to enjoy seeing you and hearing you in person At the 2019 Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. It's coming up February 22nd, 23rd, and 24th in beautiful Yarrington, Nevada. I'm encouraging people to get your hotel reservations now for Yarrington, Nevada because it's filling up fast. If you want to get there and enjoy the three days of, wow, it's going to be awesome, Bee Conference, do it. Samuel, final thoughts?
2: Final thoughts. Uh, Definitely listen to Peter. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. And uh, it's going to be a really uh, exciting time. I'm already working on my presentations for it, and looking forward to seeing everyone there.
0: Very good. With yes. that, we'll wish you well. Thank you, Samuel.
2: Thank you. All
0: right. Thanks so much. It's been great speaking to all of
2: you.
1: See you yeah. soon, Sammy. Bye.
0: See you soon. Mm, Bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Reno Technology Academy. Human ingenuity is shaping a new technological future. IOT, the internet of things. The demand for skilled developers and tech workers is high. Reno Technology Academy has a new training program and the only IOT lab in the state. For the next generation of makers and inventors who want to turn their obsession into a reality, Reno Technology Academy has scholarships available right now. Call 849-4983 and apply today. Or visit renotechnology.academy.
0: We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. I'm pleased to be with you today and talking about real estate and real estate for investors. Look, when you're talking about real estate, if you need to get a mortgage, you have to make sure that your credit is in good shape. If we can assist you in any way with a credit review and helping you improve your credit, I'd be happy to do it, and we do it as a public service here at Nevada Real Estate Radio. Just give me a call anytime after the show, 775-223-3428. I spent many years in the mortgage world, and I know that the most important thing before you see a lender is to make sure your credit is in good order. And we want to help you do that you'd be surprised with just a few tweaks and adjustments can make on your ability to purchase a home so yes anytime you want to call we're here and ready to visit with you today we're talking with the people from the nevada state beekeepers conference and these people are debbie gilmore she's the president glad you're with us today debbie thank you peter also with us from edible reno tahoe magazine Amanda Burden and Amanda you put out a fantastic publication here and I'm looking at a t-bone steak here on the top and I keep wanting to go eat and I get so hungry like I say when I look at your magazine it is a wonderful piece of work is it published here in northern Nevada
1: we well it's published out of my house everything's digital these Mm -hmm. days so we put it all together orchestrate Uh it there um, on the computer and everyone is a local freelancer here for the most part yep so it's produced locally um, it's not printed locally but it is produced. And locally, you have a yeah.
0: Sacramento edition as well? Is that
1: we so? do, yeah. yeah. We cover the greater Sacramento region four counties down there.
0: Mm-hmm. Very nice. I uh, Again, I'm just very impressed with the magazine okay. and it's something that has legs. It sits around for a while because once you read part of it, you put it down, you want to get back to it, somebody else takes it away from you where's my magazine? It's in the kitchen <laughs> because you've got great uh, dishes here, great recipes yes. and And uh, your advertisers are all connected with the same world that you're in, which is uh, really the, uh, the respect of good food.
1: That's right. Local food, drink, and also health because it's all about eating good, healthy, natural food.
0: Yeah. We were talking with Debbie Gilmore and Samuel Ramsey on the last segment about our upcoming beekeepers conference. During the break, I heard you chatting with Debbie Gilmore. You're thinking about going to the beekeepers conference this year. Debbie, did you hear that?
1: I did hear that. Absolutely. I look forward to seeing you there. I was fascinated to hear that it isn't just for beekeepers. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot for the beekeeper, but I don't have any bees mm-hmm. r- yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I'll get them after I go to the conference. I'll be so inspired. But it's interesting to hear that you'll have some mead, you'll have some honey tasting, you'll have some other workshops there for that everyone can enjoy.
3: Yes, there will be. On Friday afternoon, we have a series of six workshops um, they are pertaining to bees, but you don't have to be a beekeeper to, to learn about the products, the propolis, the mm-hmm. pollen, the... You know different things so no you don't have to be a beekeeper to enjoy the conferences
1: and if you a have a curious stuff. mind i imagine just oh, yeah. the mm-hmm. information that's provided will mm-hmm. be fascinating mm-hmm. to learn about
0: you know amanda one of the things i'm fascinated about and i've been going to the beekeepers conference this is going to be my fifth time um, is the well you've heard the stories right about the gold rush and everybody was going out to get gold right mm-hmm. and make it big and there were some people that decided well i think i'll just open up a little store And maybe sell a few gold mining tools and picks (laughs) and hammers. And, you know, in the beekeeping world, it's the same thing. Some of the most fascinating products I've ever seen are in the beekeeping world. And you get to see them there at the conference because, Debbie, some of you have good displays from some of your sponsors, uh, new innovations all the time, techniques.
3: Right, right. We have vendors, too, and we do. We have mead. We have... We're hoping to have some breweries do some honey beer for us Oh, taste.
0: honey beer, yeah, yeah. So,
3: yeah, we're, we're trying to just t- touch on all avenues for oh, yes. not only beekeepers but people, you know, who enjoy the products of the beehive.
0: Yeah, a uh, product I like to talk about, and uh, Amanda, you might know about this product, too, to, to a degree, because you run a uh, magazine with such a gourmet focus, and that is bee pollen. So, mm-hmm. I love bee pollen, Debbie. Uh, on ice cream a little bit sometimes Mm -hmm. in yogurt Mm -hmm. it's just so good Mm -hmm. and if you put it in a smoothie wow Mm -hmm. texture and it is so good it has a well there's no taste in the world like it and most people have not tasted bee pollen and it's it's like grated cheese in a way (laughs) only you see the little specks of the gold it's like gold
3: pollen is very um, high in protein as well Mm -hmm. I would caution people, though, if they have sensitivities or allergies <coughs> to mm. to plants, mm. pollen is a very high concentration yeah. of that pollen from yeah. those plants. Uh-huh. So we tend to tell people to start out with like one grain or Just two a little grains bit. Yep. of pollen. And pollen comes from many, many sources. Mm. So depending on the pollen that you use, it, it's a great product, Yeah, but be very careful in using it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Have you had any experience with bee pollen yourself? Have you ever tasted it? I've never tried
1: it, but it makes me, when you talked about allergies, I don't know if we can go down this road just a little bit because I'm Mm. fascinated. Is it true that honey helps with allergies? I don't know if that's, is that true or not? Some people talk about it helping allergies. I don't think that there's any scientific
3: proven fact on that. But when the, the bees collect the nectar to make the honey, they're also collecting some of the pollen. So there is some pollen that is in the honey. Honey itself will help build up your immunities, but the pollen inside that honey, it's possible, I can't say that, it's Mm -hmm. a fact, but it (coughs) can also build up your immunity against whatever you are allergic to. If what you are allergic Mm -hmm. to is that pollen
1: that's in Oh, mm -hmm. Right, that makes sense.
0: And I'd like to say that I'm not a doctor, but I watch (laughs) a lot of doctors' television shows and I listen to what a lot of people say about honey and the way that it helps you, yes, Debbie, build an immunity to some of the local allergens because you're getting used to it little by little. You're building up that own immunity by just eating local honey. And that's why a lot of people uh, say it's always best to have local honey because then you're getting those benefits as well. And what could be better than honey from your own backyard? I would say... It's honey from your neighbor's backyard. (laughs) That's
3: true. So please, neighbors, call me. And That's why
0: we we just love to sample different honeys. But yes, you're right, Amanda. I believe there are many good health benefits from honey. Let me tell you something interesting about honey, Amanda, that I I think most people don't know. Honey doesn't go bad. You you don't have to refrigerate it. You leave it outside. As long as it's sealed, uh, there's nothing going to be happening. In fact, I've read stories that they've discovered honey from ancient Rome and further back. I think uh, there was some honey on the ark, maybe, that was uh, still there. Debbie, that's true, isn't it?
3: That is very true. They used to um, put honey in the tombs in Egypt mm-hmm. so that the, the people in their afterlife would have honey.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, so it's been around a very long time.
0: Why do you think I asked you for those jars? <laughs> I'm going to set up a reserve.
3: <laughs> I still have some honey from my family's business, and they've been, well, it was probably... 50 years or so ago yeah, yeah. and I still have that honey.
0: I've learned as a beekeeper too, a man and Debbie, that honey is antiseptic to a degree, right?
3: Antibacterial. Anti- I'm
0: sorry, let me correct that, I'm not a doctor. Antibacterial, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's antibacterial. So if you scratch yourself or you get a little cut and you mm-hmm. don't have anything but some honey to put on it, that honey is actually gonna help.
3: Yes, and I'm so glad that you talked about that because I learned a new word this morning. Mm. I love new words in beekeeping. It's called, I, I believe it's pronounced in, inhibine. It's I-N-H-I-B-I-N-E. Mm-hmm. And it's the bacteria or it's the qualities in honey that makes it antimicrobial. Mm. And one of them is a hydrogen peroxide that acts against the bacteria mm. in wounds.
0: Mm. That's mm-hmm. interesting. I'm always, it's fascinating the, the way that the bees uh, work and then the product that they produce as well. Another fascinating product from bees that most people don't think much about, beeswax. Mm -hmm. So talk about beeswax, give our listeners just a little primer on what the (laughs) benefits of utilizing and getting beeswax is, Debbie?
3: Well, beeswax is a product that is actually manufactured, I guess you would say, by the bee itself. They have wax glands on their abdomen. And so it takes about, uh, I believe, like six pounds of nectar to produce one ounce of beeswax Mm -hmm. so it takes a lot of energy a lot of resources to produce this beeswax but that is what the honeycomb is is it's this wax they're secreted in little tiny flakes and then they use their mandibles to form it in these perfect little hexagon um, structures Mm -hmm. called the bee comb or the honeycomb
0: yeah and I've seen uh, candles beautiful candles made out of of honeycomb, in fact, it still looks like it's, 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 they roll it, I think, is what they do, don't they? Not the they can
3: roll it, they have molds for it, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yes, there's all kinds of ways to use beeswax. And um, yeah. um, Cosmetics is a huge source of using um, beeswax.
0: Are you going to be talking about that at the Bee Conference? Oh, yes, yeah. So, yes. for health and beauty kind of thing? Yes,
3: we have a workshop on Friday morning. Janice Cox is the author of Natural Beauty from Your Garden, Mm. and she also works with Mother Earth News. She is a presenter all across the country. Mm -hmm. And... um, she is going to do a hands-on workshop on Friday morning from 10.30 to 11.30. She's bringing all the products. You just sit down. She helps you make all of these products. You have. She has all the containers. You walk away with all these wonderful products that you've made mm-hmm. with honey, beeswax, um, all kinds of lavenders and all of that kind of stuff. So it should be really fun.
0: People in the beekeeping world, really, Debbie, I believe they're mostly entrepreneurs. They are. Because you're inventive and you're using resources, but everybody wants a little different uh, take on it or a little bit uh, a different uh, product or service from it. But it's all there. I mean, you have a wonderful artist that I met through the beekeeping world. She paints beautiful pieces uh, that are related to the beekeeping world. And then the woodworking, there's so much there. I can't wait for it. It's coming up February 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference best thing coming up in the beginning of 2019 and Debbie I'm going to be there but I know this ladies and gentlemen if you're going to go go to the website and then register for the conference and then get your hotel room because the rooms are filling up fast this bee conference is so popular people are coming really from around the world and you've got to get there register online at nevadastatebeekeepers.org State Debbie, I'm glad you were with us today.
3: Thank you. It's nice being here,
0: Peter. It's nice having you too. Amanda Burton has been with us too from Edible Reno Tahoe a Magazine. The magazine comes out how often? Deb?
1: We uh, come out six times a year.
0: Okay, so every other month? Yep. Every
1: other month, yeah. And
0: uh, I'm looking forward to the February, January and February edition because that's, that's the right. one just leading up to the Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. And Debbie, I know there's an Advertis- advertisement there, letting people know. So make sure to pick up your copy of Edible Reno Tahoe magazine. And is there anything on the website that they can find Ab- about you? Why don't you give us that?
1: Absolutely. It's ediblerenotahoe.com. You can find the entire magazine and all of our past editions from the last 10 years are all up there. Calendar of events. So, of course, the conference will be on our calendar of events um, uh, along with a lot of other things. And social, and we've got e-newsletters and all of that as well.
0: Very nice, yeah. very nice. Well, I enjoyed having you here today. And thank don't be you. a stranger. Even when it's not beekeeping uh, <laughs> season for the conference, we'd love to have you come back.
1: Thank you. I'd love to come back.
0: All right. We'll send you out an invitation to do that. And I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in. My name is Peter, your host. If you have any questions for me, again, send an email, peter at com, And we'll be talking with you again soon. Tell your friends and family we're on again next week. Same time same station. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.
0: You've been listening to Nevada Real
1: Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to peter at Nevada Real Estate Radio dot com.